News Talk 1110, 99.3 WBT. Pete Callender here. You can email Pete at the Pete Callender Show. 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110, and uh, on Twitter, at Pete Callender. Now, I don't know about you, but I am as surprised as anybody else uh, to learn that apparently Russia has been a bit emboldened by uh, some of the American leadership's actions. I know, I was, who would have thought that this could have happened? Not me. That's who. Not me. Like when we pulled the uh, missile defense help for Ukraine back during Obama's administration. Uh, I mean, I know there were some, you know, crazy people that were like, oh, this could embolden Russia. But like, what did they know? And then, you know, when they annexed, quote unquote, Crimea. And like there were no repercussions for that really like people were like kind of concerned like maybe this could happen i didn't think not me i mean i didn't think that there would be any problem with it but now here we are apparently uh there's discussion that we're sending troops maybe over into eastern europe yeah anybody else feel like this might be i don't know we're on the precipice just kind of looking out at something that's about to spiral completely out of control and i know i'm mixing a lot of metaphors there but anybody else getting that sense i mean i am definitely legalinsurrection.com piece by viheta Yunial says after the disastrous withdrawal from afghanistan president joe biden's diplomacy appears to be failing in another conflict zone this is really amazing too like Biden's comments on the minor incursion last week is largely being, I mean, people are attributing the actions of Russia to this, but I think, I mean, we were looking at this maybe a little bit wrong. For example, are you aware of a president who has been able to leave behind Americans in two different war zones? I'm not aware of one president that's able to do that. I mean, this is record-setting stuff, right? Is Remember, he did say that he thinks he has surpassed people's expectations. At that press conference, he said that. So maybe this is what he was talking about. Like, people only thought I would leave Americans behind in one war zone, but here I am leaving them behind in two. Ha-ha, look at that. 100% more than I promised I'm delivering. So uh, after the disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan, Joe Biden's diplomacy appears to be failing in another conflict zone. The U.S. embassy in Ukraine is reportedly set to evacuate all non-essential diplomats. Well, that would be all of them, wouldn't it? Oh, I kid. I kid the diplomats. It's going to evacuate all non-essential diplomats and their families, indicating the worsening of hostilities as Russia builds up military on the country's border. The State Department move coincides with reports that Russia, too, has begun ex, uh, or sorry, evacuating, not excavating, evacuating families of its diplomats at the mission in Ukraine. When everybody, yeah, when all of the governments start pulling all of the families out, then you know they're getting ready for bad stuff to happen. In March of 2014, Russia annexed Crimea, a strategically located peninsula in the Black Sea, took it from Ukraine. Moscow has since supported an armed uh, pro-Russia militias wrestling for control of eastern Ukraine. Russia is ratcheting up hostilities once again with the U.S. and Western intelligence services warning of an imminent Russian invasion 
of the former Soviet Republic after Russia amassed close to 100,000 troops on the border. Again, I'm, I'm unclear as to why Russia would be behaving like this, right? I mean, okay, fine. So Joe Biden said... You know, it's one thing if it's a minor uh, minor incursion and we in NATO end up having to fight about what to do and what to not do, etc. But if they actually do what they're capable of doing, it is going to be a disaster for Russia if they further invade Ukraine. So what what he laid out there was sort of like these options. If it's a, quote, minor incursion versus a major incursion, right? And then, of course, they had to kind of clean this up for the next 48 hours, which obviously they have not done. Message has been received. And here's the thing. Even if the Russians and you know Putin, even if they, uh, they hear the cleanup, and they, they don't believe that there is going to be any ramifications from this administration. They don't. And I'm not advocating specifically for anything. I'm just... You just kind of look at the way this has played out. And I heard somebody say, or maybe I read it, I forget where over the last couple of days, that Biden suffers from this, um, I, I don't know, it, it, maybe it's like, I don't want to call it a tick or um, a verbal crutch, maybe, or maybe just an oratory uh, crutch, where he feels the need to fill the time with more and more information in order to send the signal that he knows what he's talking about. So if you ask him something, he doesn't feel comfortable telling you a very limited answer because he thinks that it conveys a sense of ignorance, that he doesn't know what he's talking about. And let's keep in mind the very real likelihood that he doesn't on some of this stuff. But he goes on and on and on, like that's why he was kind of rambling. And I said this after watching that press conference, like what is he doing? He's talking about all of these, like this decision tree that that America and NATO and the various entities and individuals would be thinking through and all this. Like, we don't need to be going over all of this stuff in public. You don't do that in public. You just don't, because you're sending all these signals to your opponents and now they know your way of thinking on some of this stuff but he has this sense that he has to tell you these things because he doesn't believe that you believe he's smart he's afraid that you might catch wind that he's not informed or he doesn't know what he's talking about or whatever um it's very clear to me Russia is emboldened. And it's not just Russia, by the way. I think it's also a lot of our enemies around the world. They are emboldened. Uh, because even, you know, best case scenario here is that what we slap sanctions on them after the fact, they're still going to have the territory. We're not going to send troops in to uproot them. And you can make the argument that we shouldn't. I, I'm, I'm not saying we should. But the fight now is whether or not we hit Russia with sanctions before or after they invade. And honestly... I'm just looking at it from sort of a logical perspective. If you've already determined that you're going to slap sanctions on the country that invades another, then you probably should do it before they invade. You should start uh, you should start smacking them around with the sanctions. If you decided that's what you want to do, I think you should probably do that beforehand. Because if you wait till afterwards, I don't think they're going to pull out after they get hit with the sanctions. They're already there. And then it would 
th- then it would be like a huge you know blow to their national psyche they would not want to uh, you know they'd have to save face somehow and you can't sanction them into pulling out i mean it didn't even it, it didn't work with iraq and kuwait why do you think it's going to work with russia but maybe it would i don't think so but maybe it would um amid the ongoing russian military buildup putin has demanded that uh, nato withdraw from eastern europe yeah this is another one of his demands and this is this is a non-negotiable right the whole point of nato was to prevent russian aggression and what he's saying now is um that nato needs to roll back out of eastern european countries like poland and the baltic states like estonia and latvia and lithuania uh these states uh that without a nato security cover in case of a russian offensive like these very nations that the soviet army invaded under the hitler stalin pact of 1939 but i feel the need to point out here that we as americans of the 21st century we are not required to know any history so None of that matters. Um, The Associated Press reports, quote, amid fears of an imminent attack on Ukraine, Russia has further upped the ante by announcing more military drills in the region. It also has refused to rule out the possibility of military deployments to the Caribbean. And President Vladimir Putin has reached out to leaders opposed to the West. It certainly seems like he's trying to build a coalition, Dr. Evil style. News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT, and uh, this is from Colonel Kurt Schlichter, retired, um, who actually served over in uh, Serbia, I want to say, and uh, over in uh, the first Gulf War. And uh, he writes at townhall.com, and he was pointing out on this Ukrainian business, he said, before you trust our elite, name the last time it was correct about any important issue. Then decide if you really think Ukraine is where it's going to break its losing streak. J.D. Vance, who is also a veteran, uh, uh, was in the Iraq war, I believe Iraq, and uh, he's running for Senate, U.S. Senate now up in Ohio. He wrote the book Hillbilly Elegy, and uh, he responded to Colonel Schlichter. He said, exactly, our elites were wrong about WMD. Wrong about Afghanistan, wrong about the housing market and the financial crisis, wrong about trade with China. But maybe they're going to be right about sacrificing our sons and daughters for Ukraine. No, it's the same old BS in a new package. The Associated Press reporting the military muscle flexing reflects a bold attempt by the Kremlin to halt decades of NATO expansion after the end of the Cold War. In talks with the United States... Russia demands legally binding guarantees that the alliance will not embrace Ukraine and other former Soviet nations or place weapons there. Too late. We've already sent stuff to the Ukraine. Uh, It also wants NATO to pull back its forces from countries in Central and Eastern Europe that joined the alliance since the 90s. Putin has repeatedly asserted that Russians and Ukrainians are, quote, one people and says large chunks of Ukrainian territory are historic parts of Russia, arbitrarily granted to Ukraine by communist leaders during Soviet times. Um, I do point out here as well that and others have made this uh, comparison beside me. Um, it does seem like there's a lot more attention being paid to the border of the Ukraine than the border of America, 
it is, it's, I would be blind if I did not see the double standard, that we're supposed to be very, very concerned about incursions across one border, but not another. I just put that out there. Amid rising tensions, UK media reports uh, suggest that Putin may be planning a Soviet-style coup to install a pro-Russian government in Ukraine. Leading contender is Hunter Biden. On Saturday, the British Foreign Office accused Moscow of plotting to replace Ukraine's elected government with a pro-Kremlin administration. Putin allegedly had a meeting, and he told him, he's like, if... Like, if you don't make this change, you got 24 hours, and then I'm on a plane, and I'm headed... Oh, no, I'm kidding. That was Joe Biden who made that. Anyway, Britain, on Saturday, accused the Kremlin of seeking to install a pro-Russian leader in Ukraine and said Russian intelligence officers had been in contact with a number of former Ukrainian politicians as part of plans for an invasion. As Ukrainian armed forces... By the way, this is it's one of the things... Um, the... The way that these uh, usurper governments, these entities, that they try to, like, you know, prep the field for the takeover. I, I think I've talked about this before. A couple, uh, a couple of months ago, is the the story of the thirty tyrants, right? and it goes back to Sparta, and uh, and and how they got, you know, they were they were taken over, and they had the people that were like partial. Or sorry, uh, Athens got taken over by Sparta, and uh, there's a couple things you can do. Like, do you keep your people in there and let them govern, or do you turn it over to some locals and let them govern, or you could just completely, you know, like annihilate everybody, whatever. And so they went with the thirty tyrant method, which was find some people that are in the Athenian culture and let them run the show, but do it based on the Spartan model. And uh, they were pretty brutal people. They would just murder their uh, their lower class groups of humans, they would just murder them every now and again for no reason, just to let them know that you're not human. And um, and so that's that, that began to be adopted by the 30 tyrants that were basically locals, but they had more of an affiliation and affinity for the invaders that took them over. And so they got put in charge. Didn't last very long, it was like two, three years, and then they were getting, you know, chopped up and dragged through the streets themselves. Um, but... The 30 Tyrants, there's an author named Lee Smith who made the connection, made an analogy with China on this in America. They've been doing it with money. They've been prepping the field with all this money thrown around. So that's how you get people that are so subservient to China for, you know, reasons that you can't fathom. You don't understand why would you be going along with them? Same thing with the Russians and with the Ukraine. Right? They make those incursions over time and they get people ready So this way, when they do roll in, boom, it just folds very quickly. News Talk 1110-993-WBT, waiting on uh, the uh, former governor and former mayor, Pat McCrory, former talk show host as well, Pat McCrory, joining us. Uh, He's also running for U.S. Senate. You may not be aware. Oh, yeah, you're probably aware. He's running for U.S. Senate. Is Mark Walker running for U.S. Senate? That's the question that has... The uh, the Twitterati all lit up today <laughs> because there's an announcement coming on Thursday and everyone's trying to predict what is going to be said or not said at the announcement or non-announcement or whatever is going to happen on Thursday. 
And as I've said before, speculative journalism is the laziest and easiest form of journalism because nobody remembers what you predicted so or didn't. Uh, let me uh, welcome him back to the program here. Uh, former mayor, governor, and uh, now candidate for U.S. Senate, Pat McCrory. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I am doing well. So did you have... Um, uh, going to war in Ukraine on your 2022 Joe Biden bingo card, by any chance? No, it's just, <laughs> you know, what's happening. I, I assume what's happening is they just see a weak president. Um, and he showed it in Afghanistan how weak he was. Uh, he, and he's incompetent. We have an incompetent president that looks weak. And Putin's going to take advantage of him. So the United States has a big decision on how do you hold firm without going to war. And you need a strong executive to give some direction to the country, to Russia, to the allies, to NATO. And right now he seems to be in hiding. So if you were in the Senate, what would you be what would you be doing, if anything, differently? What would you be saying other well, than what you've just said? I'd be demanding direction from the executive branch on what the options are. And uh, right now, he doesn't seem to be giving any direction. And, he, you know, the press conference comment was just uh, irresponsible. And, uh, but the, the executive branch is responsible for giving the direction to the Senate. And you have a foreign relations committee, and you have, of course, the Senate approves any war or action. And, of course, that's been kind of, ever since Korea, yeah. that's been kind of <laughs> inconsistent at most, Korea, Vietnam. Iraq, <laughs> pretty general policy. So, but this is where the president needs to stand up and say, "This is this is my plan of action," so Congress can respond and the people can respond and NATO so you think, can respond. Yeah. Do you think there's any national interest in in us defending Ukraine? I mean, they're not a NATO member, so is there national interest there? Can you can you see a case for that? I think the the interest is more, you know, we get back to the the theory of Vietnam, of the, the, will the USSR continue to escalate like China would in the 60s and 70s? I mean, it's a question we need to ask. It's not really about Ukraine. It's probably more about the issue of Poland and and other very important allies. Um, speaking of... Uh of allies um <laughs> i'm not sure what to make of this story uh there's a couple of them actually well I'm, I, let me start with the mark walker story because uh he's one of your opponents you get along fine with him you actually had a bit of a back and forth with them in a in a, in a uh you know non-confrontational manner uh at uh, a recent event um when you were talking about the endorsement of president trump in your race uh he endorsed ted budd several months ago and now I'm seeing that Walker is fixing to make an announcement on Thursday. He didn't happen to tell you what that announcement is ahead of time, did he? I do not know. <laughs> I do not know. Well, I just figured I would ask. I, I mean, you know, just might as well. Our own race. I have a great relationship, Mark. I imagine he's kind of in a unique situation, not knowing what's going to happen to congressional lines, not even knowing the election is. So, uh, you know, it, it's a tough decision for individuals to make such a commitment family and finances and everything else so i'll respect whatever he decides to do so what so he came now to an this... event in he came to an event in pinehurst the other day as mm -hmm. though he was running for the u.s senate so that, right. that might have been a strong signal 
Well, and he told us uh, like 10 days ago that all of his focus right now is on the U.S. Senate race. So yeah. I just Again, I try to take people at their on, word. My focus yeah. is not on the other candidates. My focus is on the incompetence of Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, Chuck Schumer. And, and inflation is the biggest issue right now. And I think one of the major reasons for having inflation is, one, is the labor market and pouring so much free money into the economy. And, two, is we're destroying our independence of uh, energy. And I was saying this three years ago on my radio show, that the minute you start not being energy independent, and inflation will start. And our security will be at risk. And, and we're making some horrendous decisions regarding uh, pipelines regarding independence of energy, and we're going to be more dependent upon the Middle East and Venezuela and Nigeria and Russia in the future. Is it and uh, is it is it possible you could maybe in our country? What? Is it possible you maybe get the uh, uh, maybe get like the the Keystone Pipeline to get bought by the Russians or the Germans or something, and then maybe Biden would be okay with it? Have you have you considered this idea? <laughs> <laughs> nothing, nothing would surprise me anymore. I mean, the, the, the lack of logic of letting our country become independent and the pseudo-solutions to some of the issues that we have. To, to say we're going to get rid of natural gas by 2030 is reckless, and it's going to bankrupt the middle class, and it's going to starve the poor. And only the wealthy elite are saying that because they, are, they can buy something else. But, uh, you know, for parts of North Carolina that live on propane or parts of Charlotte that, you know, everyone who has natural gas heat or natural gas air conditioners or, or natural gas stoves, Joe Biden has basically said, the heck with you. And uh, natural gas has been one of the saviors of our country regarding our energy independence and regarding also controlling inflation for the last 20, 25 years. Yeah. Well, and, and um, the... It is obvious that the Democrats are worried about that as an issue. They are hyper-focused on trying to sell everybody this idea that what they have done uh, uh, in their economic policies has somehow, you know, been an improvement over where we were. And, like, it just, it makes me wonder, like, have you gone to the grocery store? Have you gone out to eat? Have you tried to fill up a gas tank? Uh, have you even, I mean, my wife and I, unfortunately, the timing is terrible, but we're, we're now looking at, we may have to buy a car soon. We always buy used cars, but now those things, uh, they're almost as expensive as new cars. It's just, it's out of control. It's out of control. And it, 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 it's been, ha- it, we knew this was going to happen the minute. Again, inflation's been controlled for the last 20 years because of energy prices have not increased. And every product you touch is based upon energy. Everything you're touching right now is oil-based. And we have an administration and extreme uh, liberal environmentalists who call themselves environmentalists, but frankly might cause more harm to the environment than anyone by reducing the amount of energy that's available to America right now. And it's it's impacting not just how you fill up the gas pump, but it's going to impact your utility bill. It's impacting your food bill. I mean, I'm in shock every time I go to the grocery store and pay, you know, next thing I know, you got a hundred and something dollar bill when it used to be 50 to 60 to 70 dollars and fill up the gas tanks the same way. And, and we're reminded of every day. And Biden just seems to be... Um, he, he's he's in a he's in a vacuum right now. 
Do you think he is, as the, uh, there was a reporter that asked him a question about his mental fitness and polling about that question, do you think that he is in decline? You know, I was with him, I've had dinner with him, and I was with him seven years ago where he all of a sudden interrupted the speech. We used to have fun with this on a radio show where all of a sudden he turned to me in the middle of a speech and said, hey, McCrory, uh, no, he said, hey, man, why aren't you uh, smiling? Yeah. In the middle of a speech, this was seven years ago. And then he came up behind me and started giving me a massage on my shoulder in front of a thousand people. So and maybe I was, that was not... kind of odd. Right. Well, <laughs> so, so, by the way, that's when I got up and hugged him because I didn't know what else to do to a person <laughs> rubbing your shoulders behind you in front of a thousand people. And ironically, now I have I have a Washington special interest group using that picture against me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so note to self, happen. you know, the yeah, bud people are rub. using me hugging Biden against me, which is kind of ironic. Yeah. Uh, well, hey, <laughs> so we're I've late for all, our I've traffic. I've seen Biden to be kind of odd and disconnected. So I don't know if it's related to age or if he's always had some issues. Yeah. I, I tend to think it's a little from column A and a little from column B. But uh, way late for uh, traffic. Do you want to toss it to Boomer before we let you go? Boomer Von Cannon with the traffic. Uh, I, I never cared about the clock. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Boomer. That's right. <laughs> Poor Boomer sitting here waiting for the traffic that, report. Don't you? I, yes. mean, I never cared. No, man. It's just time. <laughs> Come on. All right. Pat oh, McCrory. Thank you for your time, sir. Appreciate it. Good luck on the Take campaign care, trip. Bye bye. All right, take it easy. That is Governor Pat McCrory. This is Boomer Von, K- or sorry, former Governor Pat McCrory, U.S. Senate candidate Pat McCrory, and uh, this is Boomer Von Cannon with the traffic. News Talk 1110-993 WBT. Pete Callender here. You can email Pete at the Pete Callender Show. 704-570-1110 and one eight hundred WBT eleven ten. Ran out of time there with uh, with Pat talking about uh, the Ukraine stuff, but uh, there was this other piece of info that Politico Playbook reported the other day. The double dipper, Donald Trump, is floated... uh, All right, well, they don't describe him as the double dipper, but that's what it's called, the double dipper. And then it says, Donald Trump has floated the idea of doling out dual endorsements. Not, Not dual like... I challenge you to a duel, not that kind of a, but a duel, like, like dually tires, like double, right? Duallys. Anyway, duel. Two endorsements, right? During this special limited time offer, get two endorsements in one campaign. And I'm not kidding. This is what is being reported. I have no idea if it's true or not. It comes from Politico and nobody is putting their name to it. So, uh, I mean, not the reporter, that's Tara Palmieri, but uh, there's no named source on this. So take it for where it's coming from. Um, But this idea of doling out two endorsements, double the endorsements in some of the key midterm races as he becomes increasingly suspicious of his advisors who are pushing competing candidates. The GOP kingmaker-in-chief has grown so distrustful of all the advice that he's getting from various aides, and so wary being, of being lured into picking the wrong horse, that he's now floating an idea that would essentially dilute his endorsement. He feels like he's being penned in, said a person close to the former president, explaining that Trump's logic is that dual endorsements would mean, quote, I get two chances to win. 
Yeah. Uh, so here's the thing. Getting pinned in or pinned down or tied to a candidate, right? That's kind of the deal in making the endorsement. That's, that's why some people don't like doing it. That's why, the like, for example, the parties don't engage in this during the primaries. The party apparatus itself is not supposed to engage in uh, playing favorites with individual candidates during the primaries. Because you get a lot of hurt feelings and resources that get sent to, you know, one candidate over another. It's just not, it, it's not a good look. Uh, and it leaves a lot of people uh, soured on the party apparatus. Um, but here you've got Trump and he's being, you know, he's getting advice from everybody around him, as you would imagine, right? So, uh, for example, um, you got the way the Ted Budd thing happened. And by the way, that race is mentioned here. Um, he, Trump is also starting to have regrets about his June endorsement of Ted Budd. Trump's former chief of staff, Mark Meadows, pressed for Ted Budd, but he's now struggling in the polls. So says Politico. Um, and that was always understood to be the case that this was a Meadows uh, piece of advice, that Mark Meadows got Trump on board for Ted Budd. And Meadows and Mark Walker do not get along. I don't know what the relationship is with Meadows and, and McCrory, um, but Walker was in Congress at the time when Meadows was there, and they basically chaired competing caucuses. And I was aware of that. I used to, you know, I was on the radio in Asheville, and Mark Meadows was our elected congressman. I've done many, many interviews with Meadows over the years, and so, uh, like, I, I knew that that relationship had a certain vibe to it. <laughs> so when Bud got the endorsement, it was very clear to me very early on, like that's yes, this was this was at the behest of Meadows, just like the Linda Bennett uh, endorsement came from Meadows and his wife, Debbie, who's friends with Linda Bennett. That was in the in the North Carolina GOP District 11 primary. But Madison Cawthorn beat Bennett. And that wasn't because of Meadows and it wasn't because of Trump. It was because Linda Bennett was just not a great candidate. She just wasn't. It was a crowded field and whatever. Uh, so now you've got um, the all of these people. And it's just, not just Meadows. He was just an example. I mean, you think about it. You got Donald Trump Jr. He's all in on you know a lot of media circuitry, right? You've got uh, Kimberly Guilfoyle. She's mentioned in this as well. You have a lot of people who are advising Donald Trump. And they've they all have contacts and relationships with various people that are running for office, and so they go to the boss and they're like, "Hey, can you endorse this person? You really should endorse this person." So they've been lobbying too. The problem is, is that Trump doesn't know because he doesn't really have relationships with a lot of these candidates that are running himself. So he's got to rely on the advice of these people. But if they steer him wrong. He's not going to trust him anymore. Creates a problem.